Welcome to the Military Child Education Coalition podcast, the show that highlights a wide range of challenges and triumphs that our military-connected kids experience. My name is Nikki Harrison, and I'll be your host today. We would like to say thank you for the support of the Fort Bliss Spouses Association for this episode. I am so excited to have joining me today a very special guest, and I would love for her to introduce herself and tell a little bit about her family. My name is Bailey LeVay, and I am an active duty military spouse. My husband is a United States Marine. We have three children, ages 14, 11, and a newly eight-year-old as of yesterday. And we have lived in, oh gosh, five five different states, three different countries, and we are currently stationed in Stuttgart, Germany. And um, I have worked for a military nonprofit for almost 10 years now, and I'm grateful that that job has kind of followed me around. But I've also, as a spouse, kind of gotten to be creative online and through social media so that I can stay connected to kind of our family back home because we are very much family-oriented people. We love living in military communities, and we feel like the people that we've lived with in military communities have like become our family. And so that's kind of how we stay connected, even though we live, you know, thousands of miles away. Thank you for sharing. And I should say that Bailey and I have known each other since our Camp Lejeune days. And I think connected over our love of, I think, volunteerism. And we love to craft. I was like, we yeah. have a good craft. I know that you, hair recently have been stationed overseas, away from family. And we know for a lot of our military families, this happens to be the case. Whether Actually, whether you're overseas or you're within the States, you could be far away. So I would love to know how you do your holiday celebrations and if there's anything unique about them. I'm going to give a story because I feel like whenever we moved overseas for the first time, to put it into context, it was in the middle of COVID. So the holidays were already going to look different for us because of COVID implications. And so I feel like while it was this transitional time, regardless, it hit us even harder being overseas because it felt like we were even more kind of distant from everyone else. It's not like we could really sink ourselves even into the, into the community in England. Our first year overseas, COVID was, we had moved in the middle of COVID. And then our second year, we had this big trip planned to go to France because the year prior it had been so hard not being able to see family so I was like let's maybe try to be the family that travels at Christmas because I feel like we get up on Christmas and there's this hole that is so very noticeable when we wake up in the morning you know what I'm saying because there's it's just us and we we both come from large families I have two sisters my husband has three siblings and so we're just used to a jam-packed day of like eating and just opening gifts, you know, the whole nine yards. So the second year we were there, we had this trip planned to go to France. And all of a sudden I get this Google ping that says France is closing its borders 12 o'clock on Friday night. We are scheduled to go to France on Sunday. It felt like, oh my gosh, we're going to have another Christmas that feels just heavy. And I panicked. I called my husband. I'm like, I don't know if you've seen this, but France is closing its borders down. What do we do? Because we had this ski chalet booked with a couple of friends of ours who did not have kids and he's like you know let's go and I was I'm sorry what he was like get on the train 
let's get into France. We'll figure it out when we get there. And we did. So we literally pulled the kids out of school. I think we stayed up till midnight packing our things. We got the first, in fact, he was buying train tickets on his way home on the phone. It was so dangerous and so stupid, but we had to get train tickets because everyone was trying to get into the border. We get to the border at 11 o'clock on Friday night and it's just one foot in front of the other. We we take a train, we take a bus. We t- I mean, it was like planes, trains, and automobiles. We finally get to France. And I had a panic moment because what's always been part of our tradition is like the Christmas gifts. And when we traveled, I was like, okay, everyone's getting one Christmas gift. We're just scaling it down. The trip is the gift. But there was this moment where I just was lying awake and thinking, usually at this time, we're up till 2 a.m., putting together gifts, filling stockings. And it was not that. And so I just completely panicked. We woke up the next morning. And to my surprise, my kids were just elated. They opened their one gift. We made a big breakfast together. We relaxed. And then my kids looked at me and said, can we go ski now? Because they just learned to ski. We got to the slopes and we were standing there. We were about to go out skiing. And I just thought to myself, is this what we need to be doing in this season of our life when we can't be with family? And all of a sudden, as that thought entered my head, it started to snow on us. And my son looked back at me and said, this is the best day I've ever had in my whole life. Since that day, I have totally changed what my priority is of Christmas and holidays because we can't have what we had back home. And so we just really focus more on what are things that we can do together and experiences we can share together because that's what filled that hole. It was the experience of not having my sisters there, not having Zach's brothers there. That caused a total shift in what we do for Christmas. It's life-changing for us since that Christmas. I love the fact that when you have a child that has like, this is so amazing, and you're thinking it needed to be something else, and they are living in the moment, and they reflect on that, and then they verbalize it, which makes it even better. Yes, I did something right this time. And what I think I was so used to feeling like, okay, everything needs to be, you know, I need to have the fresh cookies, just all of the things. And we still do a lot of those things, but there's just some sort of like little switch that has turned off me where I'm like, if it doesn't go well, we're together. If it doesn't, if we make it across the border, great. Like we'll figure it out. We're together. No one knows the pricelessness of togetherness more than a military spouse because we live such segmented lives when our husbands are here and gone that I feel like we appreciate days when they're home like no one else. We just savor it. There is no waste of the things that you can be wasteful on. So I I definitely feel like we've transitioned as a family into just soaking up whatever is happening. Yeah, I love that. And especially when you're overseas, it's great to be able to have those experiences. So I think you've already talked about this a little bit, but the challenge of living away from extended family during the holidays. Do you feel like it's affected your children? And what about their relationship with grandparents and cousins and things like that? It's great that we have the technology that we have, because like in our house, we have, you know, the little Alexa that has the screen so they can call their grandparents and they call my sisters and we stay in touch in that way. But we do. I mean, I would be remiss in not saying that when we go home, and my kids get to spend time with their cousins in person, they don't say to me, I really wish we lived closer. As a military kid, I think it's that trade-off. You learn to ski in the French Alps, but you also don't get to walk across the street and play with your cousins. It's like some days the trade-off feels like it's in our favor, and some days the trade-off feels like, man, I'm missing out, and I'm not 
I definitely feel like because of technology, like my daughter, she's on a constant WhatsApp thread with her cousins. They have a different type of relationship than I probably had with my cousins. There's that trade-off because they do have the experience of seeing a German Christmas, seeing an English Christmas, seeing, you know, when we were in England, I think they were exposed to so many different religions that I'm like, I'm so glad that you know all these exist and that you have a better understanding of the world as a whole. Though I had a very small town Louisiana upbringing, like I played with my cousins all the time. So it's just, it's such a trade-off. Yeah, I'd like that you said it's a trade-off, kind of like a tale of two worlds instead of yeah. cities where you have one thing on one side and one thing on the other. I was a military child growing up and we lived overseas for a really long time. And I remember there would be a few summers or something that we would come back stateside to visit aunts, uncles, cousins. And it was always an interesting dynamic that we had as kind of coming back and and then, you know, loving our time there, but then also being very appreciative of the time that we had to live in other places. And I think I told right. you, I realized how amazing the experiences I had as a child until I became an adult. And then I was like, yeah, well, okay, not everybody has seen the Berlin Wall. There were things like that that I didn't realize were as amazing. So uh, you've already said that really living overseas has been different and you've incorporated some new traditions, picking up some of the cultural aspects of the countries that you live in. Is it different being in the U.S. versus overseas though? So for instance, like I know you've lived, you know, in the U.S. but lived further away from where you grew up. It's so interesting because I feel like now our family is such like a mutt, for lack of a better term, of all these things we've picked up. My kids have picked up surfing when they lived in California. And when it was a warm beach day at Christmas, we went out to the beach. And then we went to England and they have picked up hiking. So, I mean, I feel like we've picked up all these little things in Germany. I I can already tell that we're picking up some of the the things here. So I don't know if I'm answering your question correctly, but I think we feel different. Because I go home about every six months for my job and I still feel like I get off the plane and the air smells different and everything seems giant. It seems like everything has gone to Technicolor and it's just so large and it takes me a while to be in the pace. You know, especially in Germany where Sundays is like, is a day of rest. It's quiet. It's, I, I oftentimes feel, I don't feel at home there sometimes and I don't feel at home here. I'm an outsider in both worlds. And so I definitely feel like my kids and my husband feel that too. Like when we go home, we're like, oh, even the trash and the recycling. I'm like, oh my God, you're putting all this in the same bin. What's going to happen? It's just like this weird because now I'm wired differently here. So we definitely feel a little different everywhere we go. And the more places we pick up things, the more we feel like an insider and an outsider. Yes, absolutely. And it, and you know, I was like laughing when you're talking about like everything's bigger in Technicolor. You know, there was one holiday that we we were living in Japan and my parents were like, come home for Christmas and for all the holidays and things like that. So we did, you know, we planned the trip, came back. My brother came with his family. And I remember my brother and my sister-in-law like, let's go to Target. You know, I need to pick up a few last minute things. Same thing. I've been living in Japan the pace is different. The stores are different. Like different. everything's different when you live in Japan. And I remember being in complete sensory overload. Overload. I have forgot like what it was like to go to Target, and not just Target, but Target in December. 
And there were like 8,000 people and there were so many things happening all at one time. And I remember there's like, are you okay? I was like, I think I'm going to be okay. I'm just going to sit over here for a little bit. Yeah. And you're sold for choice. In the U.S., everything is possible and can be there in two days. And even in Germany, I'm like, I can either get it in black or I can get it in blue. And if neither of those work, I'm going to need to buy spray paint. Like, yeah, there's just, you don't realize how that is like a triggering thing to have so many choices. I'm like, wow. It is different. It's for sure different. So how do you stay connected to extended family during the holidays? I know you mentioned the Alexas that you have for the kids in their rooms. I think technology is important. WhatsApp has been huge for our family because you can buy any country that you're living in and get on WhatsApp. So they do a lot of the Alexa with our, and in fact, sometimes I will hear them on the Alexa talking to someone from back home and I have had no, like, they'll just call their grandmother and poor, poor lady always answers because she's their grandmother and she wants to talk to them, but you know, they just want to tell her something random from school. I think for me, really, when we got to England and I was super lonely because the time difference really hit me of like, oh, I want to call my best friend, but no one's awake right now. And if I call them, it's midnight and I'm the crazy person calling at midnight. So I think social media for me became my way of keeping an ongoing conversation with all of my friends and family because it almost is like we pick right up and they know what's kind of going on and I kind of know what's going on. And it kind of helps me to not feel like I am so far away and so removed from their life. We have a clock in our house that I think really helps me that I have set to what the time is where we live. It's We have a little kind of command center for the kids. It has a calendar and we put everyone's birthdays on there. One of the biggest things that we've done as a family is we have a family calendar now. And so all the kids add in their own stuff and it has everyone's birthday. So we kind of know we've, we feel like we're a part of, you know, everyone's normal life. But the clock in there always reminds me what time it is where I live. There will be a lot of times I'm like, okay, my sister might be up. I'm going to call her. And that has kind of helped me not feel like I'm on this other planet because it can feel very lonely. Like, I really want to talk to you, but I know it's not a good time for you. We have days sometimes where it's feels really great. We have like a great Zoom call with everyone and I, I feel happy. And then there's sometimes when I see them and it feels heavy. It feels like I, again, am living in that trade-off of I have this incredible experience and I'm, my kids have this great worldview, but I really wish I could be there for my nephew's birthday party. You know, it's hard. Yeah, it's definitely hard. And those times where you feel like you're missing out, that's what I thought of yeah. when you said on those Zoom calls where they're talking about all the fun things that are happening or coming up and you feel like I'm missing that a little bit. But I love that you've mentioned family calendar. I think that's important for our family, having a calendar together and utilizing technology at its best. It sounds like it's a great way to stay connected. What about virtual traditions? Have you started any virtual traditions like with your family? On Christmas, we always schedule a Zoom call, especially with Zach's family, because his mom and dad are still kind of the center point. And so we almost always have a Zoom call with them after they've opened gifts and they're kind of sitting around. We'll talk with them. And same thing with my sister. So my sister has her kids that are now not even babies anymore. They're in college. I have a Zoom call with my sisters on Christmas and he has a Zoom call with his parents and all of his siblings are usually there birthdays we usually send videos we have gotten in and marco polo we love a marco polo if anyone is loving the marco polo app as much as us because you know you can write each other back and forth and that has helped us but we'll usually send on birthdays in fact asher had his yesterday 
And I had six videos from our family just singing him happy birthday so that I play them for him. And it's almost nice because it's like this virtual diary that's happening. I've been saving them. And so I'm hoping one day to splice them together so you can kind of see. I do that for Father's Day every year. I usually ask my kids a series of questions about their dad, like, what is his favorite thing? What is his? And I splice it together. And I've done that every year. And it's so interesting to see how their answers change as they get older, how they you know themselves like make this huge transformation. So I feel like the virtual diary that happens is like one of the greatest pieces. Like technology can be so hard and time consuming, but it's in those instances that I'm so grateful that we have this kind of virtual diary that's happening every year. Yeah, it's like the modern version of the camcorder. Or do you remember yes. like a camcorder with like we just found ours, so that's why I was laughing about it, like with the little tape in it. But yeah, I I completely agree with you that the videos are so amazing to capture that moment in time, that memory. You have them forever. And I like the idea of splicing them together. I think that's really not as good with technology like that. But I, I, I feel like I could probably figure figure out how to. Put oh, it it's, when I feel like it's a gift for them to kind of see, because sometimes kids don't even realize. Because when we first have moved to when we moved to England, they really struggled at the beginning. And I remember them saying, "Can we go home?" And me saying to them, "Where do you think that is, honey? Like, where do you think our home is? Our home is here." And so I think giving them those little like keep going because they kind of forget how hard it was and then how hard it is to leave. So you have that kind of constant, I don't know. I, I love that they get a chance to look back and say, man, I'm so different. The most amazing thing is now with a lot of our family, it's really hard and expensive for them to travel Europe at Christmas, right? It's just pricey. But we have some of our greatest friends that we met in California and they have been meeting us the past two Christmases. So they live in Oman. We lived in England last year, this year in Germany. And so we're meeting in Austria this year to ski together. And the kids are doing little secret Santa exchanges. And so I feel like we're making do, right? Like it's, this is, this is our fan and they feel like family to us. Like I feel like, you know, they get our crazy, we get their crazy. The greatest gift comes out of the greatest hardship, right? Yes, that's fantastic. And to find a similar family like yours and to be able to travel together is even better. Oh. I know, right? <laughs> it's like, which is really good. Some of us can't travel with our family, but we can do it with other people. So I think that's really nice that you have that. So what is one fun holiday tradition that you've created? I feel like you have created so many because you're so amazing and, and creative. I would say our kids' favorite these days is I used to do an advent calendar with like a treat every day, you know, a candy cane or whatever. And a couple of years ago, I started doing an activity advent calendar. And some of them are very simple. One of them is write a Christmas letter to someone just because I also want them to get in the habit of like, I feel like kids these days don't know how to write a letter. But it's an activity every day. And I've used that as a way to also incorporate where we've lived. Because in England, it's the tradition to go to these like Christmas folly shows where it's Aladdin and all these different plays, but they have a Christmas feel. So that was, on you know, I got tickets and that was the, that was the event that day. And so big or small, whether it's bake cookies together or it's go try something in England or bake a recipe that was a British Christmas recipe, I plan to incorporate German tradition this year because they have a lot of amazing traditions. And it kind of helps balance the doing something together, prioritizing that. Because also during Christmas, it's so easy 
to almost divide and conquer. Like, I'm going to go wrap the gifts. You do this. We can get it all done. And so I really try to do things that pull us back together. Like this activity is going to take 15 minutes. Sometimes it's Christmas bingo and we play it while I'm cooking dinner and they're just around. I just want to be with them. I thought I was forcing it on them the first year. And then they asked, when is the advent calendar coming out? And I thought they meant the candy one. And I said, I'm getting it. I got to get some more candy. Like, no, no, no. The other one with the cards that we get to pick. And so I can tell it's taking because they love pulling out the card and reading what the activity for that day is going to be. So that will be a forever tradition for us because that has been really fun. That sounds like fun. And you create the calendar. Like you create it yourself with the activity. In fact, I have a template if you want it. So I have like some templated ones that are like very, like I said, Christmas bingo, go on a hike and put together like a Christmas wreath out of real foliage. I mean, just it's random stuff. So I made a template a couple of years ago where people could also handwrite it in. And I've had several people reach back to me and say, we really enjoy this at Christmas time. It's the easiest thing to do. You take a regular advent. I think I got it at Target, by the way. It's just a little folded piece of paper in there with a little holly leaf on it. And the kids think it's the most fun. I would love the template. And I would love to share that with our listeners because I think that's fun. And I think that's a great way to incorporate your kids into the traditions too. make them feel a part of the activities because I feel like a, for a lot of us, I and I know we're very similar. We have the perfect placement of the ornaments, yes. the trees and the decorations and the things like that, that like, you know, we let the kids in, but to a certain point. So I love that there's something that they can be a part of and an activity event calendar is fun uh, and something that brings them some joy, it sounds like. And if they're asking for it, it's like when I cook something and my kids are like, mommy, can we have that? What else is, then I'm like, oh, you actually liked it. You feel like you won the lottery, right? When it's funny, family likes knowing who gets the Christmas cards because last year my sister got one, Zach's mom got one, and my cousin Lauren got it. And she called me just crying, like, I, this was the best Christmas card because it was, you know, in Asher's handwriting that looks, you know, a little serial killer ish, but had all these beautiful things in it. And it was just so sweet. And she was like, I'll, this is a treasure. And she puts it up every year. So it, it makes you feel, it has this, tie back right to this is what I did as a kid this is what happens in England this is what happens in Germany and this is what we're all doing together so it's kind of like a nice it incorporates everything that's fantastic so I know for our military families we're talking a lot about holiday traditions and how to celebrate them and so I think about our families that are separated as well the ones that have the service members that are deployed or they're away I know we have both experienced that as well. And so you're kind of with the kids and and it just feels different. How do you continue to observe those traditions? So we do a couple of things. For years, we've always done a letter a day, usually because Zach has not been deployed, but he's gone on trips. And so we've always stuffed his backpack unknowingly to him. Well, now he knows it's going to happen, right? But with a letter dated whatever day he should open it, And with treats that we know he loves and that he misses whenever he's away. And so I feel like that kind of makes him feel loved on. But we also set a continuous alarm to try to talk to each other because it's really easy. I feel like especially for me, who is once I can see the final yard line, I'm like, okay, I just need to get to this day. It's sometimes harder for me to remember like part of my job is to continue to make him feel included in all the things, because I'll never forget probably one of the hardest appointments we have. I remember we were in kind of this very 
emotional discussion. And I said, said to him, do you know how hard it is to watch you leave and to be gone and miss all of these things? And he just, without batting an eye, said, do you know how hard it is to leave you? It just was such a reminder that it's hard on both sides because I usually only see it from my perspective, right? I feel like I can't believe I have to, you know, manage these three people and make them good humans and I can't do it with you. I signed up to do all this with you. And so just in hearing that, I feel like now our focus is just to be as inclusive as possible. So when we go and do fun things that he necessarily can't be there for, I try to embarrassingly record as much as I can and write you know, this is kind of what happened. And Asher said this funny thing. And Avid said, you know, I try to make him feel like while it may be hard to leave us, it's really hard for him not to be there because he feels like he solidifies all those experiences for us. So I think just our big thing is we really try to set up a time that we can connect as, as often as possible, even when it's hard, because sometimes seeing their faces, you know, is hard because then, you know, it's like emotionally cutting, like then all the kids are crying. We miss dad but still remembering that that's really important for him too. Yeah, I and I like that you talked about connection and being mindful of them being a part of those activities even when they aren't there. Well, you have talked about so many traditions. I feel like I've written so many things down that hopefully we'll be able to put some of this links and things in our show notes for the listeners but do you have any tips for creating new traditions? Like maybe you, that wasn't your experience and now you're trying to create them in your family. What are some tips that you could give those families? And then maybe some things to get kids involved in creating those traditions. So I think the one of the, the misrepresentation of traditions that has to be something big and beautiful. And I feel like the best traditions start really small and they just mean something. For instance, the first night that Zach ever leaves, if he goes on any trip ever, we always have breakfast for dinner. It started because, like I said, I was on survival mode and I was like, this is what I have in my fridge and this is what we're going to eat. And so now it has become this tradition. And I feel very much the same way about Christmas because it's like they very much organically happen. And now as soon as a kid asks like, hey, where's that? Or are we going to do that? Then it has become this. They think that Christmas happens when those things happen. And so I will say living overseas, we have kind of sought out tradition. So we've, I would, like my mom would say, we kind of licked it off the grass. Whatever was happening around us, we would try. We do make homemade mold apple cider. And we do a couple of things that are very British traditions. But we kind of looked up and as we enjoyed them, we have the conversation of, would you like to do this every year? I think that that's what makes a tradition mean something is if everyone had a little piece of enjoyment out of it. Because I think for especially the skiing that I'll be honest with you, I'm not a good skier. In fact, I'm an awful skier, but I love seeing my kids ski. I love that they feel really that they get to ski with their dad. I am more of an opera ski kind of girl. I like wearing a cute outfit and then drinking Vinshad. But again, the skiing thing is something for everyone. Like, I feel like we each have our little piece in it. But now, I mean, they firmly think that skiing should be a part of some Christmas something. They want to be on the mountain on Christmas Day. So I just feel like a lot of times we think that a tradition needs to be something giant or like picture perfect. And I'm like, it's just those things that make you feel connected with the people and that make you, even if it's people that are not here, like I know that you and I have talked about this before, but I still make all of my mom's dishes and I think about her and 
when I'm, I'm going to get choked up because my mom always gets me choked up at Christmas. But for years, my tradition has been whenever I'm cooking her things, I tell my kids about her because my kids were really young when my mom passed away. And so I will tell them the things that were hilarious about her. And I will tell them the funny things she used to do at Christmas time. And it's like my way of keeping her a part of the things that she can't see. And it started organically. I just remember cooking her cornbread and I was talking to Arden and Arden started asking me questions about her. Tell me about Gran. Did she? And now it's tradition. Now they sit around when I'm making that and we talk about my mom. I mean, if you could see this cookbook of hers, it's covered in her handwriting. It's covered in food particles. It's disgusting. But when I am with that book, I feel like a kid because I was the chopper. I was always the onion chopper. I would put on my goggles from swim class and just chop onions for eight hours. I think that that's the important thing is tradition, I think, keeps people alive. It makes you feel loved and it makes you feel connected to the people that you care about. I couldn't keep my laughter in about the swim goggles with the onions on your station. I had a station as well growing up. Yes. Mine was not the onion station, but I think that is important to to not talk about traditions having to be elaborate and large. And even though there's a lot of commercialization that happens in the holiday season, that you can start small. Elf on the shelf. I want to have a really, I want to write a strongly worded letter to that mom and be like, what were you thinking? Um. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because that's it. Yeah, I'm I'm past the, the I'm past the elf on the shelf days, but that was definitely like a a part of our our time growing up at the holiday. That you know, hopefully, no kids are listening. But I'm like, I never for, would remember to remove to move it. You know what I mean? Like it was always like, oh my gosh, I don't know what happened. He got tired. <laughs> and yeah, like like he just didn't move for the day. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I just, to go back to, I think it is important that you can start small and grow from there. And I also, without getting you teary, I would love for you, just cause I know, you know, a little bit about your mom. Can you tell everybody your mom's name? I would love for you to share that. Can you share? So my mom's name was Mona. Um, lots of people called her Mo, but I called her to my, to the grandchildren. She was grand, uh, but we all called her Mona and she was a force. Yes. <laughs> yes. I wish I could have been able to meet your mom. So bless you and you keeping up like a oral history of your family, like that you're doing when you make her recipes. Cause I think that's pretty amazing. We've talked about a ton. We've talked about making traditions, how difficult it could be. Uh, being separated as a military family, culture of incorporating those places that you live, so many little things in regards to holiday traditions. But I know, just because we've known each other for a long time, that you are the queen of creating budget-friendly options. Everything, like whether it's a a wreath or a craft or a tablescape or some a kid's costume, like you are amazing at that. What are some ways to celebrate the holidays while keeping a budget in mind? So I feel like the three things that I go back to every year to stay on a budget, because you want like a fresh, you want your decorations to feel fun and exciting, even though it's mostly the same stuff, right? The three things that I always do is A, after season, I shop. 
I will 100% hit the stores and get some things that I feel like I'm getting this for a great deal. And then when you open that, because I always put them in a Tupperware, then when I open that Tupperware the next year, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't need to get anything new. Like it satiates that feeling of like, I want a little something new, but I got it for a really good deal. So that's number one is I always after season shop and most of it is ribbon, wreath forms, um, bells. I love adding bells to things like it's all of the little things that you can use to not only make something the next year, but to kind of zhuzh up what you already owned. The second thing is spray paint is your friend. I have gone from, you know, everything has been gold and everything has been silver and everything has been white. And I feel like it's because of spray paint, because it's amazing what you could do with a can of paint. Just hitting, I had these beautiful planters for years and I was like, you know, I just want to look different. So I spray painted the whole thing white and then took it up with some like very pretty ribbon. And it looks like a completely different thing, but it was a can of spray paint. I mean, we, it's just, and I think the other thing is fresh florals. Everywhere we've lived, I have made that journey to the Christmas tree place. You know, like, can I have a couple of square branches? Because you can make wreaths out of them. You can fill them with bowls in your house and do beautiful, like the fresh stuff not only gives you the smell you're looking for, but it gives you, because I feel like the, some of the best Christmas decor I've seen is when they they've incorporated into what their home already looks like and you can do that so easily with fresh uh, especially the pine stuff off of christmas trees i literally just soak it in my bathtub overnight i'll take a hammer and hammer the ends so that it really opens up soak it overnight and it will last you through christmas and it will look beautiful and it will smell like a christmas tree farm when you wake up and it will make you feel like you have the gas to get through christmas because it just smells so amazing when you get up and and oranges too i mean i feel like we've seen a huge rise in people doing the dried oranges stuff but it's you could do it with kids it's cheap and easy it smells great so looking for those things that are not expensive and fresh florals it will give you a christmas look without you know being crazy expensive and ribbon 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 i know this is kind of the fourth this is kind of the overarching buy ribbon you see ribbon on sale buy ribbon everything could be changed with ribbon I took note of all three of those things and I thought to myself, I do all three. Check, check, yeah. check. I was like, I do, I, I do all of those things. It's funny when you were talking about the fresh florals. I think one year at like one of the big, I will not say which one, but one of the big home improvement stores in the U.S. Um, that have the fresh trees, the real trees. Um, you know, they were cutting the trees and they were throwing all of the ends in the trash, right? Yeah. Like people like want their tree trimmed and they want the the limbs off the bottom. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, like it's just like a trash full of like evergreen and branches. And honestly, I asked. And so for those out there, go ask. I'm not saying they're going to give it to you. But that year I asked, I was like, listen, if you're throwing all of this in the trash, can I have it? And they were like, sure. So I'll never forget like pulling up in my little station yeah. wagon and, and loading up all of this, the, you know, branches and things like that from the ends of the Christmas trees, string them together to make like garland and stuff like that. So I think looking for those things, I think is a great tip. It's helped me with garland because it's not rocket science. You know, it's just doing a little twine. 
they loved it and they feel very accomplished whenever they hang up their little something or other, you know? I love that. This has been amazing. I am so appreciative that you were able to spend the time to talk with us from really far away uh, <laughs> today. <laughs> and I appreciate it so much. And I think there's so many amazing tips that you've given uh, about traditions and with our military families and just making it fun and celebrating together. And I am, I wrote this down because I'm going to highlight this. You said at the beginning, the pricelessness of togetherness, a military spouse knows best. Like, I, I just love that. I think yeah. that like, just kind of in a nutshell says how important our holiday season is and our traditions for our family. So thank you. I'd like to thank Bailey for her time today as I've really enjoyed our conversation and talking about holiday traditions and military families. Thanks for listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, subscribe, and give today's show a five-star rating. And don't forget to leave us a comment on topics you'd like to hear more about. We'd like to give a special thanks again to the Fort Bliss Spouses Association for supporting this episode and Consentus Media for audio mixing. I'm Nikki Harrison, and until next time, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Be kind.